0: You're listening to the ON60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the ON60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now, here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is the
1: 76th and final episode of the ON60 Podcast. Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward, and we are pleased to be joined by staff writer, staff lead writer, uh, Joel Vanderland on the show. Um, had to get the whole crew together for the final Show of the old brand, the 60 podcast. So uh, it's going to be a fun one. We got a lot of stuff lined up. Uh, unfortunately, this thing called COVID 19 is still around. And uh, yeah. um, we could not have a featured game. That kind of sucked. Uh, so we'll discuss that. We'll discuss just the overall general mood around COVID in the league. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a standings update as we head into the Christmas break. Uh, Colin. Pretty good stat of the day this week. It's
0: yeah, pretty good. I have two, but the one for sure is going to be named. We'll see about the second oh, yeah. one, but the first it's like one, stat yeah. of the year. Oh, this is the last. Considering stat the it's
1: something we've discussed throughout the season so far. Yeah,
0: so. I think it was like eight shows ago. Yeah, we talked about it as a stat of the day, and it's dramatically changed. I wish I still had the number of what it is eight shows ago, but don't. No, so yeah. Not good.
1: Not good. I mean, we have a general ballpark of what it was in. So. Very true. Um, we'll also kind of give out our midseason awards. Uh, we'll go over who we think has been the MVP so far, uh, who's been the best coach, best goalie, uh, best rookie, most surprising team, and then uh, who we're going to look out for into the second half of the season. Of course, Players of the Week were announced. Player of the Week and Goaltender of the Week. We'll get to that. And then it's the World Juniors. We're going to discuss everything it's from the Team most Canada.
0: Wonderful time of the year.
1: I feel like Bam. every time I feel like every time that TSN commercial plays, where you got all like the pictures or bobbleheads or whatever the heck they are of all the TSN panels by, like by the Christmas like, tree. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. like that is
0: mint like holiday season. You know what was cool though? I actually like how last year we had it on Christmas Day. Canada never played. They still had the Boxing Day, but yeah. that, that was cool to start Christmas Day. I like that. So, but it's not I'm happening. Say. We, need, we need we need something back. to
1: do. All we do on Christmas Day is talk to our fa- talk to our families. And who, and who wants to talk to their family? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to watch hockey. <laughs> right? Hey, hey, I'm that guy at Christmas that leaves the dinner. That casually goes over to that second <laughs> room by <laughs> myself watching hockey. That's me. But it, there's football on, so maybe that'll be the thing this football, year,
1: basketball, like
0: yeah, right. yeah. Real juniors would knock all that out of the ballpark though. Well, yeah. For it sure would. it would. But yeah, but like that's me. I leave I'll leave the room to go watch a hockey. I did it last year to watch the so real juniors. Oh yeah, I'm playing guilty
1: right now. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all of that is coming up on the final episode. Of the Owen sixty podcast, of course we will switch it to the OHL and sixty again. I don't blame you. Huge change, but yeah, uh, but hey, we'll switch it over. OHL and sixty podcast beginning January first. And for anyone wondering why the logo didn't go out Friday, we changed our minds. We feel like we should do one every day to the lead up of the uh, release. So <laughs> you saw one Monday, uh, you saw another one Tuesday afternoon. You're gonna see another one Wednesday. Thursday, we'll see. We might leave that day wondering <laughs> to be oh, what's it going to be in a Christmas Eve.
2: In your
0: face. Let's go. <laughs> you like that? Kurt Cousins. You like that? Goes up to the media in Washington. You like that? Yeah. Tell down, I'm all fired up. It's like a Dylan Larkin hat-trick, first star of the week. Oh, wait. Not a big deal. Yo, did you guys see that clip? Spilt the guy's beer and then gave him hey, the money? That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, that's classy. That's classy. Yeah, hey, NHL signing bonus. 20 bucks is nothing for Larkin. I mean, he got it off the trainer, so got to pay it back. <laughs> that's very true. That's the, big que- that's the big question. Did he ever pay it back? Because there's guys mm. who are like, the, hey, can I borrow 20 bucks? And yeah, you still got my 20 bucks? Oh, because
1: I'll never see it again. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, no, it's going to be a fun show for sure. I uh, Might as well get right into it. Uh, Kitchener was supposed to play Owen Sound in last week's featured game, the final featured game um, for the Owen 60 podcast, and it did not happen, so that kind of sucked. But uh, this has kind of been a league-wide thing. You know, you keep seeing it in the NHL with, what, how many players are out, how many teams have been fully shut down through Christmas and, you know, the OHL is lucky they get that holiday break. Whereas for the NHL, it really isn't as long as the Ontario Hockey League gets. But uh, well, we'll start with you, Joel. Um, what are we headed for here? Is this, is this something that, oh, we'll come back when the World Juniors are over, make sure everyone is, like, ready to go and we can have 20 teams playing? Or, oh, no, we're going to get right back at it. Tuesday, December 28th,
2: Ottawa, you're going to be in Oshawa. I think, I think so. I think um, hopefully uh, everyone follows the health and safety protocols over the, uh, the Christmas holidays and uh, I think uh, come back strong and, and hopefully it'll be kind of what we've seen here. Um, if teams are affected, they'll just postpone the games, but uh, keep pushing through with, uh, with the games on the schedule if, uh, if there's enough players and uh, if they're uh, able to go.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really unfortunate that we are also having to shift it back to 50%. I know a lot of, a lot of people were pumped. I know Colin, Oh, 9,000 at the bud pumped for that. I mean, you can look <laughs> at it, you know, get 7,000, uh, back to the auditorium in Kitchener, like, you know, Hamilton, you can start to see the crowd come back and, you know, the crowds are starting to get a lot bigger in Hamilton as well as, uh, they've progressed after the move from Belleville, but, you know, to have that regression and, Yo, this league it really can't operate without fans. So I think that's that's another reason that you can't really, you know, postpone or you know pause the season for a little bit. Because again, that's you're gonna make up the revenue, but you know some people will need to pay bills like right away, and they won't be able to
0: wait. That's the new thing about the CHL network too. With the new TV packages, they get the revenue out of that. It's different now with like obviously before they were getting revenue, but it's different now with them actually having every 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 station every channel they can access for all CHL that's revenue so that's nice to get that TV network too the product isn't the quality of the product isn't really the greatest yet I will say
2: mm-hmm. I
0: will say that I don't some games it is a little and we've saw it on Twitter a few times people complaining about it so there's been that but the product will definitely improved I would say like it will improve but that's the one thing about the network, but at least you're getting revenue from that. And I would say the the only way this league gets shut down is we're only shut down if there's no if we're in lockdown. That's the only way. And not kind of wood we don't go through the Quebec situation what happened on Monday, but that's the only way the Ontario Hockey League gets shut down. That's the only way. And you saw it in the AHL with Laval. Where are they going to play? There's a bunch of stuff going on there in with the queue, obviously. But you just hope that. We knock on wood that we don't go through that lockdown experience because that's the only way the OHL would get shut down. That's the only way we're out of hockey.
1: Well, we better not come to that. I'll be pretty mad. Yeah, no, yeah,
0: yeah. you hope not. You hope not, especially after the last year and a half, building yeah. up to this year, all the optimism.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Niagara Ice Dogs, I was all ready to go, finish off before the Christmas break. Nice Saturday night at the Meridian Center. Yeah, No. And one yeah. thing I think we could discuss is how late that was. Ooh. That decision was made because I know, you know, Joel, you were around the team, calling. Like I remember, you were talking to Ben Leeson that night. Like, you know, he showed up at the rink and, you know, what's going on here? Nobody's from Niagara's here. Like, are we playing a hockey game? What's going on? Like, you know, I've got my source. It's <laughs> there were. Yeah there were only like a small percentage of people on the bus ready to head to the rink. And then, Oh, no, we're going home instead.
0: So, um, Well, it was two hours oh, before the game. Like... Oh, we're not playing. Well, yeah. Cause on Twitter, on Twitter, you saw all the tweets about like fans at the games and mm. all of a sudden, yeah, we're going home cause the players were there. Cause you saw on Sud- the Sudbury wolves, Twitter and Instagram, they all already had their players videos walking into the arena and stuff.
1: would have been their go, first game then...
0: back. Yeah, and they were probably pretty excited to get back to, you would think. Yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, we're not playing tonight, and the uh, Ice Dogs bus doesn't show up. So that's
2: interesting. No, I know. It's like for me and you too, Reese. like when we were back in the days of interning with the Ice Dogs, kind of how you, you show up to the rink early, you, you get everything set up, and then, and then no, okay, like just kind of going through the motions if that ever happened, happened to us in that situation. Uh, if a game was canceled that late, just kind of, you can put yourself in that position too, a little bit, and kind of think about those days.
1: Yeah. Well, I think back in those days, Joel, we we still would have got our meal, so it would have been okay. But I got our meal. Yeah. What what you're
0: what you're in? what meteorium?
1: What Oh. Colin's just jealous, Joel. It's
2: okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? <laughs> hey, but hey, I show up. I show up. on the media list. It says Colin plus one. <laughs> Yeah,
1: but I'm famous enough. My name doesn't have to be on you, the list. You have to so. go
0: on there.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of plus you ones know, I, and plus I twos. Can, I kind of created Dogs TV. No, not a big deal.
0: Not a big deal. Hey, you knew it was coming. <laughs> you did. The legend. But no, that world we hey, live in, though. Hashtag, hashtag <laughs> Dogs TV. Hashtag Dogs TV to the Raptors at Meridian.
1: Oh, man. You start
0: the hashtag. <laughs> you it was around you for three seasons. <laughs> in the ra- In the Raptors, you see it on there. Hey, three seasons better than like a national party. i thank for winning the
2: playoff round. We should burn them all on tape, make a box set free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for Christmas. Oh Happy holidays. Hey, hey, you know Happy what, though? If you, if
2: you have a three-year
1: junior career, there's a good chance you're in the NHL, so I'll take Very that. Very
0: true. Not a big deal. There you go.
1: Exactly. Hey, um, YouTube's
0: forever. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's very true. Yeah, Niagara Ice YouTube page where you can find it. Um, all right, enough about COVID. We, we're done with that. Um, hopefully, we can play, like I said, uh, three games on tap uh, December 28th when the Ontario Hockey League returns. As I mentioned, a 205 start on a Tuesday. The Ottawa 67s are at the Tribute Community Center uh, to face the Generals. Uh, And then later that night is the Windsor Spitfires and Kitchener Rangers, seven o'clock at the odd, and then seven o'clock puck drop in Owen Sound. It is the attack hosting the Barry Colts. On to the standings at the break. And I don't know if we want to go over this, like, as an entire league. It's tough to do that because we're really only seeing cross-conference play with, you know, Niagara and – and Erie and up north, Sioux, Sudbury. But um, if we want to go at our conference, I guess we could start with the Eastern Conference. And, you know, why not start with the four teams that are right there? You know, one yeah, through four. Kingston, North eight. Bay, Mississauga, Hamilton, Kingston, the lone 37-point team in first place. And then the Battalion, Steelheads, and Bulldogs all at 36.
0: Yeah, that t- well, King. the team I look at, though, right now with the 25 games played, is Kingston. That ball's near court right now. Twenty-five games played. You look at North Bay, twenty-nine. Mississauga, twenty-six. Hamilton, twenty-eight. Ball's in Kingston's court right now. Barry, Barry with thirty points. Those two games in hand on Kingston are big. You got to win those because Barry's – and we'll get to it in a bit when I say when we talk about surprise teams. I'm kind of just spoiling it right now, but sure. they're kind of a surprise team in a bad way because you did not expect to be in fifth place at Christmas time. I guarantee it, and. They will gain ground because Matt Guzda is playing incredible yeah. right now, and so and so is Brandt Clark with that chip on his shoulder, not making World Junior team, which was very surprising. He didn't get the invite. Very surprising.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. That was, I think, all of Twitter was surprised with that. And then you get that exactly. select guy that's like, "Oh no, we shouldn't." Okay, whatever, buddy. Uh, but anyways, Joel. I mean, you can look at it this way. You can look at it you know, it's a four team race uh, going for the conference right now, you know, Barry, I mean, Oshawa, they've played 26 games. So uh, they're at 29 points in sixth place right now, but you know, it is kind of split in twos top four and then the bottom four. And then, you know, Sudbury's still in it at 17 points or three back at Peterborough, Niagara really, you know, they're not playing like a playoff team. Like they're going to make the playoffs, but they're really only five points back um, with a couple games in hand on Peterborough. So, I mean, know you can look at the east right now and yeah there's four locked teams top four and then the rest of them it's kind of it's still open you don't really know what's going to happen still
2: yeah it's a really tight race and I think the world Juniors is going to affect it too no Shane Wright uh Chromiak's gone um like Colin was saying can these teams make up make up that ground with the games uh the games that Kingston's going to lose with those guys Merlinan's gone their goalie um mm-hmm. and then I think too it's going to be kind of a race to the deadline also uh, can Mississauga stay in it, tell the deadline and add their young team to North Bay. Do they want to add this year or wait for next year? Um, Niagara's a young team. Can they get it going and try to make the playoffs? I know they, they really want to. Um, so you've got those kind of teams kind of lurking as well.
1: Yeah. And for Niagara, they really, I don't, I don't know if you count this, but they still technically have never missed the playoffs since moving from Mississauga. So I mean, they, they like there's still a lot to play for in St. Catharines. They've seen a lot of playoff hockey, uh, whether yeah. it's been at the Jack or at the Meridian Center, right? So, I mean, yeah, it's well, been a-, a
2: proud franchise, right? So, they added Liam Van Loon. Um, they like those. They really want those young guys to get the playoff experience. I know you've you've been around the radio booth there quite a bit, Reese, and I think that's kind of the talking point that you hear uh, Billy Burke talk about a lot.
1: Yeah, well, and, and that that's the one big thing that I think led to so much success in, in terms of the 2017-2018, and then the 2018-19 year for the Ice Dogs is, you know, they had no chance in hell in getting past Peterborough in the 2017 playoffs. Niagara was the eighth seed. Peterborough, they were a clear number one in the Eastern Conference. They took care of the Ice Dogs in four games. But, you know, just to just to have that uh, playoff atmosphere with – a similar team like they have now, I mean, you know, Ben Jones had already had one year in the league, but you know, you're bringing in Akil Thomas, who was a rookie at the time, um, you know, Mantha and Hayden, they were vets, but just that whole team in general, they were young. Matthew Phillip was there. Daniel Singer at the time, he had a lot of promise for the ice Dogs. So it's just, you know, that young team getting into the playoffs. And I mean, look at the two teams in front of them, uh, Peterborough,
0: Sudbury, Sudbury having games go in hand on everybody. Um But those games in hand for Sudbury—that's the thing I was just about to mention, Reese. The games in hand for Sudbury, 22 games played. You might see some four and fours. You might see the odd because they got to get games in, right? So there's, let's say, there's a team in North Bay. You might see if let's say Niagara's in North Bay, they got to make up that game against Sudbury. They don't have to play on a Monday night in Sudbury just to play if the if the rink's available. Obviously, shared venues and stuff. But if the rink's available, they don't have to play a Monday night game. In Sudbury, just to have makeup games because you're going to see a lot of four and fours, extreme back to backs, with all this happening with the COVID cancellations of games.
1: Yeah, kind of like that oddity they had uh, the one year with the NHL where you're playing three nights in a row. Yeah, Uh, I know Detroit did that a couple times. So
0: yeah, that's what's going to happen this year for sure. I mean, get games in
1: more trips for us. That's fine.
2: (laughs) Very true. Hey, very true.
1: Uh, but yeah, as it's a
2: hockey game,
1: that's what I'm saying. Joel Vanderland, quote of the day, love (laughs) that. Uh, but yeah, uh, one to ten Eastern Conference, Kingston, North Bay, Mississauga, Hamilton, Barrie, Oshawa, Ottawa, Peterborough, Sudbury, and Niagara to round it out. Moving over to the West,
0: London is not on top, ladies and gentlemen. It is a storm. Yeah, it's the first time in two years since pre COVID. The London Knights are not in first place. Not in first had place that in the stat all year, time. haven't you? Well, <laughs> kind of, kind of, but I mean, <laughs> it just came relevant. It just came relevant in the way they're playing. They don't really deserve it, but yeah. they kind of gave the game away on Saturday for sure. They didn't play very good. Goaltending was a big issue, and we talked about this off air, off the record. We chatted about this a lot going into the World Juniors. I've been saying it since November, beginning of November. When they lose Brett Brochu, it would be nice to add a goalie with veteran experience, like how they did with Dylan Miskew last year, because they have a guy that could step in and play big games while Brochu's away. They don't have that guy right now this year. They don't because you watch that game; Anuska makes some nice, amazing saves. He's got, he's got, he's got a lot of potential. Same with Flores as well. They have a lot of potential, but they're not there yet. They're not there, and it's similar to what Owen Bennett. Is all of a sudden Owen Bennett, look like how good he's turned out. Owen oh, Bennett, two years ago, pre-COVID, was like that. He had to go play in Carlton Place to improve his game, and then comes up to Guelph, sits behind Nico Dawes, comes up this year, wins the starting job. So it's that's the situation where London's kind of struggling. They don't have that guy that can take the ball. My idea was trade trade a late-round pick to Hamilton, get the rights of Zach Roy, a, a veteran OA goalie. They didn't need OAs. You can keep them until the deadline, then you can flip them, have them rent them for a couple of weeks. And what's, let's say, a conditional 15th round pick? If he plays a game, you get a 15th round pick. What's a 15th round pick to the London Knights? Nothing. So, a trade. Yeah, exactly. And getting a goaltender, you get two wins. A guy like Zach Roy wins in a game on Saturday, in my opinion. So, and now you look at the standings, it hurts, right? That could hurt them in the long run. Luke Evangelista played a heck of a game, by the way, but you can see the frustration of Evangelista's game because. London, London's a very structured team, as everybody knows, with the Hunters. They're going to be structured. They're going to know how to defend in their own end. They know how to play there. So the big thing is the transition. They didn't take as many chances on Saturday. The shots were like 20 to 8 in the second period. It was like 4-1, 3-1. One, one. So that can't happen. And the London Knights had 20 shots. Guelph had 8, for that matter. And they were losing. So there's there's a situation where they played good enough to win, but they just – goaltending all four of the goals went right through the irons of the goaltenders too, right through the logo that can't really happen either it's a big difference too from Brett Rose shoot it it's a big difference
1: well when I think that's the biggest that's the one saving grace for London I hate to say it we talked about Brent Clark getting the snub I mean Luke Evangelista what the hell are we doing here anyways
0: that's the biggest He's the MVP. Um,
1: I, I I think and also Joel another underrated uh, fact about the London Knights how Brett brochu' is the only one gone um Mark and Dale are still there and they aren't coaching team Canada right now. Whereas a lot of people, Oh, that team, they were so dominant. I mean, the hunters knew every move that every opponent had coming. And well, I mean, did you look at the team they had that kind of helped with it? But I mean, you know, that's kind of an underrated keep for the London Knights is the fact that they're going to have Mark and Dale through this uh, through this world junior period. And, you know, they're really, obviously your number one goalie is very important, but, you know to be able to keep mark and dale throughout this entire process well i mean it's it's a huge advantage
2: yeah i know you're you're exactly right on that especially too with everything that's going on now it's, it's uh it's very important to have those guys uh sticking around and keeping everybody in line keeping everybody safe as well um kind of uh telling them hey these are the all the safety protocols too uh with the guys going back for christmas break but on the ice also uh you keep your same practice habits, you keep everything the same. And, uh, no, I think that's, that's a very underrated thing for, for London to have those guys, uh, sticking around too. Oh Done.
0: Routine yeah. stays the same. Routine stays the same, right? Routine's so big for players. Once they get it, once you get to major junior, then you get the routine as a pro the day you gotta be in every day. And that's a big point there, Joel. Good point to, um, routine, the routine.
2: Yes.
1: Um, Biggest stat for me right now. The Guelph Storm, 3-0 and in their last three. London Knights are 0-3. Eight. Past 10, Guelph is 8-2, and, and London's 5-5. and
0: Yeah, and you look at the goal score, you look at the goal score. Gu- Gu- Guelph, Guelph right now is probably the most surprising. I don't think many, teams ha- many people had Guelph finishing this halfway point where they are. I know I didn't. Had Kitchener ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. I might, have it all, I might have had Owen Sound, too. So, But I just think that... Guelph, and I look like a fool because you can never bet against the coach of the year right now, unanimously. I think George Burnett, you can never, Joel, you know him, Belleville guy. You <laughs> like, you can never bet against him. You can never bet against him. The guy's structured, all his teams are defensive. They're, and the scary part is about Guelph right now, they only have one OA spot filled that's Saprika. That could be a scary situation. Let's say if Owen Sound decides to buy, but decides to sell. A team that's made deals with Guelph before, let's say Parrot Woolley 2 OAD go to Guelph. Look at that decor all of a sudden you got Allen, you got Chaika, right? You have Wooly, Parrot, if that happens. Like Allen, like that's a solid decor. And that's in Plus Saprika, that's gonna add a lot of veteran presence, and that's gonna be very tough for any team to be, win playoff games against a veteran decor like that.
1: Yeah, you've been talking about that for a while. I mean, like you said, it wouldn't shock me. Ha- like It's happened yeah. before with those two teams, right? So, um, yeah, it's definitely it's going to be fun in the West. I mean, in terms of the top two, you look at the top four in the East, that's going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, that Guelph-London battle, it always
0: seems to be fun. So, um, And then you look for Sue, too. And then you look for Sue, right? A veteran team. Yeah. A veteran team win that division. Sue's a good team. They make the Tucker-Tynan deal. Tynan, kind of shaky, to be honest, here at the start. But – they're going to make moves because they're a veteran team, Sue, so they have to make a couple moves. I think Sue St. Marie makes the biggest splash the deadline. I don't know what it is, but don't be surprised if you hear them in the rumors about Mason McTavish. Plus, Brandon Often as well, division. They know him. Yeah. You see a lot of interdivision trades. I could see a Sue Flint deal.
1: Yeah, well, and even they're interesting. Sitting in the five spot right now, you talk about Sue. On the OHL website, yeah. they've got them third place. They are technically second. Uh, they do lead their division um over the win, oh actually they're tied with Windsor I should say but um they've got Sault Ste. Marie listed ahead of them with that 15th win Windsor only got 14 but um move down Flint 27 Owens down 27 you know it's it, it's almost a is it a stagnant trade deadline and I know you know with a lot of this COVID concern, you may think, Oh, maybe guys won't want to move. Like don't want to stay in the same spot where they're comfortable for a second. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that might come to fruition with, you know, how, how much of a chance all these teams have to move up in the standings. I mean, you know, Owen sound down at 27, Kitchener at 25, Sarnia at 23 and Saginaw's the ninth place team with 23 points. Right. So um, well, it's, it's a interesting good team,
2: though. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, if you look at their roster,
0: it's a solid roster. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like a show guest, Josh Blumen, could be on the radar there at Saginaw. He, he's definitely – I mean, shorthanded, he's a force. He's a really good player. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Tristan Lennox, is, is he yeah, a possible sure. thief yeah. that gets moved? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting. But I think do, teen, do teams want to take the risk with COVID? I mean, will there be a Memorial Cup now with the Quebec with Quebec being shut down? There's another th- I mean obviously it's not in Quebec but the queue the league that's hosting it is in a lockdown so that could be an interesting thing I mean we've went through it here before so who knows hopefully that doesn't happen but reality you gotta th- you got think about that in the back of your mind right now because are you willing to make that risk obviously to win your leagues very important obviously to get there but it's that's another thing that you got to think about memorial cup is it going to happen now like how long is this lockdown going to be obviously it depends how long but it's going to be interesting to see what goes on for Memorial cup. But obviously I think there'll be a little bit of moves. but you might see teams just sit back and play it out just because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what makes this year so fun. You really don't really know what's going on. Right. You so. want to take the
0: risk. Do you want to rip yeah, it up? You exactly. want to rip the band? It's like when you got a cut, right. And you're still kind of bleeding. Do you want to take the risk and rip the bandaid off or do you want to leave it? That's what it is. That's my quote of the day.
1: that to be. Uh, so yeah, one through 10, you got Guelph, London, Sioux, St. Marie, uh, Windsor, Flint, Owen, Sound, Kitchener, Sarnia, Saginaw, and Erie down at the bottom. So we're going to take a break here, actually. We're getting through the getting to about the midway point of the show. Uh, already gone over a lot. We'll get to Colin Stat of the day. That's first up after the break. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get to our midseason awards. Players of the week were announced, so we'll get to that. And then, of course, uh, Team Canada World Juniors—they are starting on Boxing Day. It is very close, and it is awesome. So we will discuss all of that next here on the Owen60 podcast.
0: This is the Owen60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen60 Pod for
2: all the latest updates and news from around the OHL.
1: Welcome back to the own 60 podcast. I'm Reese DuManey along with Colin Ward being joined by Joel Vanderland for the final episode of the own 60 podcast. And we are still at that handle on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook uh, at the own 60 podcast. The link tree is there. Of course you can find the link to all podcast platforms to have a listen. And of course to the website where Joel Vanderland has all of his articles up there. So, Make sure you go check those out if you haven't yet. Again, at the Own60 podcast, the link tree is in the link. Segment number two, we're going to start off with Colin's stat of the day and what'll be a pretty interesting conversation, I think. Um, and I'll let him read the stat. Uh, of course, with a little context, this, like we mentioned, what, eight episodes, I think, seven or eight episodes yeah. ago, we kind of first Feels mentioned like this. Like, yeah, we were looking at, just you know, scoring around the league, we're like, hmm, East there's West. a clear advantage in one conference and a clear disadvantage in another conference. Or if you want to look at it the other way, it could be vice versa. But, uh, Colin, what is your stat of the day?
0: Yeah, as of today, December 21st, the stat of the day, conference scoring, the East, 927, the West, 930. So the West has overtaken the East in scoring 930 to 927 in favor of the West. Wild, the difference, how much time changes. And we noticed that at the start of the year, how the East was running gun, The West was kind of more structured. Now it's starting to even out to what we thought it would be. And when you look at the standings and you look at the runs, the East, it's so close, right? There's a lot more goals. And you look at the teams with goals scored. I mean, the Guelph Storm have 104 goals scored, goals scored four. One well, of have 93. That's one and two in the conference. Big difference in goals scored. It's starting to improve, but it's still lower. You think about that. So it's something to look for in the stat of the day. 930 goals for the West, 927 for the East. The West has overtaken the East. Just, I never thought I'd be saying that Christmas.
1: Well, and we we're, were trying to remember. Obviously, there's no chance we were going to remember. What Wasn't there like a at least 50 goal difference? Yeah, it was, like, had,
0: like, had, I think it was like, like way 56. more. Yeah, I think it was like 56 goals. I got to look it up, but I believe it was like 56.
1: Yeah, like it was, it was, it was all the goaltending strength was in the Western Conference and we're looking at, oh yeah, we can see that. You got Tristan Lennox in Saginaw, you got Brett Brochu, um, you know, in London, I mean Xavier Medina, slow start, but he's still a very quality goaltender for Windsor, and then you know, trying to compare that to the East, and you know who really stands out is great. And I mean, you could put Joe Verbeek uh, in there for North Bay. Roman Bazaren has been a nice surprise for the Mississauga Steelheads. And that guy um, made it through the Western Hockey League waivers. Is back with me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Matt Guzda now in the Eastern conference. So, I mean, that kind of switches there, but I mean, other than that, there really isn't anyone special except, you know, Tucker Tynan had a nice start, but then obviously Niagara's D got a little bit weaker and more shots started heading his way and just the stats weren't there for him. But I mean, you know, it's pretty even now, like you said, with the, with the goals scored. So yeah, nice stat of the day, Colin, get things started.
0: Thanks. Yeah. It's an interesting one for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. Now to mid season awards. And this will probably take not a while, but uh, probably be a pretty lengthy discussion, which is uh, always good. I mean, last show as the O and 60 podcast, so, you know, let's go a little bit over money. We got to get our money short. Um, yeah. We got to get our of,
0: money short.
1: Of course we got to get our, we got to get our two cents in about the world juniors as it is technically our world junior preview show, but there is a lot to discuss in terms of the Ontario hockey league. So um, we will get to our mid season awards right now. And you want to start with MVP and I know Colin has his choice that a lot of people are going to pick, um, as the MVP. I think that is a very, very easy guy to pick. Um, I've got mine, uh, which is not the same as Colin's and I'm sure Joel has a different player than all of us. So, um, <laughs> guest honors, Joel Vanderland. Who are you looking at midseason MVP in the Ontario hockey league right now?
2: Right now I'm looking at, uh, Lucas Edmonds from, uh, from the Kingston Frontenac. Uh, He's got 52 points in 25 games. Um, But I think the most surprising thing is that he is leading uh, the Kingston Frontenacs in scoring. I think uh, in our uh, preseason poll, we all had Shane Wright as maybe even the league-leading scorer, and Lucas Edmonds is the guy that's uh, leading the charge offensively for the Kingston Frontenac, who have the best record in the OHL right now. That's a good yeah, pick, I, That's
1: a good pick. I can agree with that. I mean, Shane, right, we expected him to be what? At least 10 points higher than second place guy, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: now he's 13.
1: Yeah. He's going. That's just the way it goes. Okay. But uh, yeah, Lucas Edmonds, nice choice. I mean, he's he's one of the main reasons that Kingston is where they are right now. So um, tied for tied for the league lead and scoring.
0: Uh Colin, <laughs> you know who you got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. MVP most val most valuable player, Luca Evangelista, most valued any team, in my opinion, is Luke Evangelista. You look at any roster and you look at who's the most valuable to that team. You take him out of the lineup. How are they? They're 0-2 without him this year. Luca Evangelista, in my opinion, is the most valuable player in the Ontario Hockey League. And if it's and if it clearly is, and if it is the most valuable player, it's Luca Evangelista. So Luca Evangelista is my pick.
1: For me, I mean, we've seen a guy in North Bay uh, have a very good OA year and get himself a contract. Uh, Brandon Coe didn't have to wait as long um, to have an NHL team next to his name, uh, being a San Jose Shark prospect. I'm going Brandon Coe, the North Bay Battalion. I mean, you know, this has been a very big team effort. I think the North Bay Battalion are very well built in terms of their depth. And in terms of the amount of scoring that is being passed around this year, um, obviously you could credit that to Adam Dennis, Ryan Ulihan, um, the job that they've done. But I mean, Brandon Coe, he's going to pass his uh, his previous career high, 57 points back in the nineteen twenty season. He's five points off that mark heading into the Christmas break in 29 games. And the North Bay Battalion near the top, just like Lucas Edmonds in the Kingston Frontenac, so – uh, for me, midseason MVP right now, Brandon Coe, uh, of the North Bay Battalion. Yeah,
0: appreciate sure a good pick. Here's my East. I had my West Luke Man's least, and my East pick would be Brandon Coe. That's a good one. I like it.
2: Um
1: coach of the year. And I know we all know who we, we all know who we picked <laughs> uh, preseason. I think we already have an idea of who we picked now. Um
2: coach of the year, mid season uh, for you, Joel. I picked Jay McKee in the, in the preseason poll, and um, I'm kind of banting around just keeping that pick. I think he's done a really good job with Hamilton. Um, but another guy um, is James Richmond with Mississauga Steelheads, who have been one of the league's best teams from, from start till the Christmas break. So I would say James Richmond right now is uh, my leader in the clubhouse.
0: Well, that's a good one. That's a, that's a really good one. Mississauga is probably the most surprising team in the Ontario Hockey League right now. That's a really good pick, Joel. And they play right to Richmond's system. And I was thinking off there, when you look at their team, are they a team that wants to go get that big-name skilled guy? Because you look at Mississauga in the past, they just defend you, defend you, defend you, and score when they got to score. Yeah. And then they score a lot. But that's a really good pick. And that's just James Richmond hockey. Love it. My pick, though, boys? Western Conference. I said it all in the preseason poll, media poll. I said, Dale Hunter, it's close. It is close, similar to you, Joel, with Jay McKee. It's close, but George Burnett. I mean, how can I not pick George Burnett? The West, Guelph Storm are similar to what Mississauga is. Nobody really picked Guelph Storm. I think I have them fourth in the division, in which I sound like I'm crazy right now. And I mean, I thought Owen Sound was going to be better than what they are. I thought Kitchener was going to be better than what they are. They've underachieved, but. The Guelph Storm have played very well. They have a very good team, but they are also very—they're also very, very well ran. They are structured to a T. They stick to the details. They don't lack details at all. They don't really take a game off. You never really see the Guelph Storm take a game off this year. They have, but you don't really see it. And that's credit to George Burnett. Very good coach. He's old school. I like old school hockey. George Burnett's my coach of the year. Guelph Storm.
1: Well you could put them in that category with Mississauga being Whoa, Exactly. How, how the hell did how the hell are they there? But Exactly. You know, like like you said, like George Burnett has won. He knows what to do. He knows so what it I mean. takes.
2: Exactly. Yeah, he knows what it takes. Yeah. Young yeah. team too. Really young team. Yeah. Well yeah.
0: during the break during the break we said a few guys that'll be gone. And I mean, Pasta Jop's probably gone, but he's there's also I think he has the, the same
1: chance that we kind of saw with Daniel Gushin in Niagara. You know, we yes. were kind of like, no, there's plus no way Anaheim. he's coming back. Oh, and then he comes back. Yeah. And well, not even comes back. He like comes to the lead, right? I think exactly. it's about the same chance as that. Yeah.
0: And plus Anaheim's a lot more deeper than a team like San Jose is at the prospect's pool. So that's a very good point, Reese, because you can clearly you can see that. I mean, Perot's gonna be going up next year, you would think. And McTavish. Possibly, I think he does. So contract time, right? Can you pay all those guys the yes. same years? That's a lot of money. That's five guys that you can think in one. I mean, Drysdale, Ziegris, who's lighting it up. Those guys are gonna get the, those guys are gonna get the bag. So yeah. it's that's there's definitely a good possibility he comes back. But you look at Guelph, they're gonna have a few guys back. is a possibility. There's a few guys there that are gonna be back and they'll be a really good team next year. Both are goaltenders too. Yeah. Uh, they, have for the, me, and they have a good third
2: goalie too Sorry, but they have oh, a good, good third goalie too At Dixon Grimes Yeah, so I'm in mean, the preseason Played really well in the game uh, We saw at the Meridian Center
1: Yeah uh, For me, my coach of the year I'm going to Kingston uh, Luca Caputi uh, yeah. First season as the bench boss And it, it's really awesome To see that uh, he's succeeding Obviously, we could have easily said Oh, yeah coming into the year Caputi is going to be the for sure choice for head coach well no Paul McFarland comes back uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs and obviously this was this was last year um, as the NHL season was ending oh sorry as the Leaf season was ending as it does usually uh, a lot earlier than everyone else's but uh, you know they bring him back and you're like oh you know what this this actually kind of makes sense you know he has the experience to you know, take this team to victory as Colin is laughing his rear end off right now.
0: Um, and it's like the two-minute warning <laughs> when the playoffs start for the Leafs. It's like the two-week warning. <laughs> Game that's, one, yeah. okay. Two more weeks. Yeah, Sorry. I mean,
1: it's – no, you're good. It's, you know, Paul McFarlane, all oh, the like, – it's a perfect choice. He's coming back. Um, he's got Shane Wright, and they're going to go do great things. Uh, no, he's going to go coach the Seattle Crack and uh, be an assistant. So, I mean – I. At that point, it was obvious Luca Caputi uh, was going to get the job, and he has been excellent behind the bench. Obviously, having the players he has helps, uh, but first place in the entire Ontario Hockey League at the winter break, 109 goals for, 85 against. You're going into the break with a record of 8-1-1 in your last 10. Pretty hot club right now, so. Uh, for me, it's Luca Caputi, a mid-season coach of the year, and I think I, I had Marty Williamson um, as my preseason coach of the year.
0: It's a possibility. Barry goes on a run after the World junior. It's a possibility.
1: Well, he's made one of the most important trades so far, and that's getting a really good number one goaltender. So, ooh, the segment,
0: the segment there, like that, eh? Yeah, a goal like that. The year?
1: yeah a goaltender. Yeah, nice goaltender. Transition, year. nice transition. I like that. That's what I'm about, man. Uh, oh yeah. Joel, who you got mid-season
2: goalie of the year? Joel Rebedek from the North Bay Battalion.
0: <laughs> Ooh,
2: that's a good one. That's a good one. For, for me, it's Brett
0: Rochu I mean, London's 0-3 right now without him. He played all those games at the start of the year, and I think that's starting to hurt the London Knights with their backup goalie situation because I don't think they have the experience because they were sitting on the bench. They weren't playing. But, but Brett Rochu goalie of the year for me.
1: Uh, for me, I am going with Roman Bazrin, nice. Goal, yeah. mid-season goaltender of the year so far. I mean, you know, eighteen games played. It's a little bit less than Brochu, four less than him, but I mean, still, still up near the top in terms of games played. I think it's close. Him and uh, him and Mariline have been have been tight, but I think Roman Bazrin. If Mississauga, good too. like if Mississauga doesn't have him, I don't think they are where they are right now. I mean, that's nothing against Joe Ranger, but uh, Basman's just come in and been studly. I mean, 2.4 goals against average. He's got a
0: couple of shutouts in those 18 games played. So, um... well, look at the goals against. The goals against for a team, Reese, Mississauga, 58 goals against in the Eastern Conference. The next closest. Ooh, math, 80 is the next closest. (laughs) Gary Colts. Gary Colts is the next closest of 80. Mississauga. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight doesn't even sound right. I know. Twenty-six games played, fifty-eight. Yeah. That's a stat of the day on its own. Like you say Joe Rangers. Ranger's been
2: very good too.
0: Oh, their yeah. goaltending situation's really good in the saga. Penalty kills really good too. Their pen- their penalty kills an offensive threat. And their goaltending and their goaltending with Badger and it's a good pick, Reese. It reminds me a lot of in the series too. EASHL. Yeah, you and that so Studley performance, that made me think of the Studley performance, six-game uh, series win. It's not man. a big deal.
1: Uh, I mean, even looking at the West, A
0: couple times.
1: Oh, yeah. Back-to-back. Back. Those banners will be up top. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, even in the West, closest team, 71 in the London Knights. So, yeah, 58 goals against.
2: Wild. Is Owen Bennett working enough. his way into, into the conversation? I think so.
0: Definitely, that second half. Yeah, okay. I
2: agree.
0: So here's my question for you guys, boys. So the second half, the second half. Who's a goalie we watch for? I mean, Matt Goost is going to be in there for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But who's another? Who's another one? You said Owen Bennett. There's going to be a few.
1: I mean, I, I think you could still look at Ben Goudreau, Sarnia Sting. I mean, if they get into the playoffs, I think it'll be because of him. Uh, in how about Marco part.
0: Constant? How about Constantini, Hamilton drawback Drob- has been playing good too, though. They have good goaltending yeah. in Hamilton. Very underrated. There's another team with good yeah. goaltending.
2: Yeah. Lennox. He, mm-hmm. Does he possibly get traded?
1: Mm hmm.
2: To contender. Yeah. Uh, Marylanen and in Kingston been a war sure. course.
0: Yeah.
1: For sure. And I think
2: goals.
1: we'll see how well he does at the World Juniors. You know, build off of that experience for yeah. you know, lining right? Um, oh we saw
0: finished goaltenders ten the world Juniors and come back and let it up with Luka Pe
1: yep absolutely great point um you know in, in the west I think it's gonna be good Xavier Medina it's a, he's been really good of late for the Windsor Spitfires yep. I mean we'll see if Tucker Tynan can go on the run in see Saint Marie I mean we we've seen how well he can play uh, again unfortunate situation in Niagara team just not as strong but uh, you know he still has the opportunity to you know, do something really good. Like you said, uh, Costantini and Hamilton Guzda with Barry, like it's, you know, it's a wide open, right? Okay. On to the rookie rookie of the year so far, Joel.
0: I think I can guess Joel's. You're going to guess? Well, no, 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 no.
2: I want you to say it, but I think I know yours. <laughs> I think I know yours for sure. My, my rookie of the year is from the Saga Steelers going back. Yep. yep. Uh, good pick. Good pick. Really solid two-way center. Good in the face off dot. Um, has scored at a really at a really high rate for a rookie. Um, just a really good 200-foot uh, centerman. Sounds like a guy from Quinty, that's for sure.
0: never a Quinty guy <laughs> get 200-foot game, yeah. What a Quinty guy doesn't play a 200-foot game. Oh, wait, if they don't, they're There gone. you go.
2: <laughs> if they don't they're cut
0: <laughs> but my my pick for rookie of the year show guest, not a big deal Ty Nelson Ty Nelson to me to be a defenseman to be a defenseman and in my opinion he is the best prospect other than Shane Wright he's the best prospect in the draft I I'm Joel we were talking about this off there a lot I'm honestly surprised that he didn't get the invite and then once he saw a Brent Clark no invite Well, that okay that's not a surprise but I was surprised you didn't get the invite for Team Canada to be that seventh defenseman, similar to what Jamie Drysdale was. They are so similar. Yeah. The North, North Bay compares him to a Ryan Ellis, which is a great comparison. But Reese, you saw him play a couple weeks ago. He's so powerful. He's smart. He's edgy. He's getting skill. He's everything. He's everything. And if you're an NHL, pro, if you're an NHL team, how do you not like the kid? The old. He's got high energy. He's the highest energy player in the Ontario hockey League that I've ever met. It's not even close. When you, when you speak to that kid, it's let's go, 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 go. It's constant. Go. It's the your body, And mm-hmm. he's a no free ads, but he's a really, he's really good. I'm so high on him. 25 points in 29 games played this year as a defenseman, a rookie defenseman, 17 years old. Is that good? <laughs> like I'm very impressed I think so. by yeah. Ty Nelson. Yeah. yeah, it's decent, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed by Ty Nelson. I think every NHL team should take a look at that kid because he's got the whole package. You might want to say, Oh, size, size, size. Yeah. But with a guy with a heart like that, he's going to play games in the NHL. That's for sure. In the skill.
1: I like that. I mean, I had Ty Nelson as well, and I don't need to explain why. Cause Colin essentially did. <laughs> um, if I had to pick someone else that you two, either uh, you two hadn't already named, I think Callum Ritchie, is definitely in the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the start he had, right? He was, he was everywhere. He was on every highlight reel. Like, he was just, Callum and Highland Tulio Ritchie. were just, they were really good together when they got the chance to yeah. play together. I mean, it's, you can't ask for anything else out of a second overall pick, right? And I think Callum Ritchie, I think, you know, we talk about, at least before the season, you know, Quentin Musty's the real deal. Well, I mean, Callum Ritchie's kind of,
0: Taking the spotlight over him, in my opinion, right? And Cal and Callum Ning said that too when he came on the show. Callum Ning said, "Yeah, <laughs> Callum Ning. just as good." is really excited to have him.
1: Yeah, as much as Potris say, oh, really sorry. sorry. Go ahead, Joel.
2: Oh, well, I was just going to say another guy that's kind of in the conversation too would be uh Potras from uh from the Guelph Storm.
0: Yeah. Good player. Good player. That's for sure. Two hundred foot. Yeah. He'll be, he's a good pick in the draft this year. He's a good pick in the draft for this year. He was an A-ranked prospect. He's a B now. Not 100% sure, but I think he's a B now, but he's a good player. He'll be a first-round pick. I think he'll be 20 to 32. Keep forgetting the 32nd team now in the NHL. But I think he's late first round for sure. From rookie to the most
1: surprising team. And I don't know if you guys want to just, like, do surprising good or surprising bad or one of each. Any um, one of each. Yeah, so yeah let's do that. Um, start with Joel. We'll start with uh, surprising – hate to say surprisingly bad because that sounds horrible, but, um, you know, a team that – Underachieving. Yeah, underachieving team, uh, Joel.
2: I would say uh, the Saginaw Spirit. Um, I thought they'd be a little bit higher in the standings just looking at their roster. Um, I would say they're kind of my surprising uh, underachieving team. Um, And then I would say my surprising uh, good team would be the Guelph Storm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Saginaw, who would have thought they'd be in, well, tied for eighth, but uh, who thought they'd be tied for eighth right now? Talk about goaltending, building around that. Tristan Lennox. He's pretty yeah.
0: good. So well you look at the you look at the eighth and ninth teams right now in the Western Conference, Sarnia and Saginaw. They're tied for eighth, but when you look at the goaltending in that, can you imagine the Guelph Storm or the London Knights? Well, London would put me the third so you did play Kitchener, which would be a wild first round. Yeah. But can you imagine the Guelph Storm having to play Ben Goudreau or Tristan Lennox in the first round? That's tough hockey right away. It's no it's no cakewalk this year in the first round. I mean, that's not a four game series. That's possibly seven. So you never know, and that's a good point, Joel. Because they are underachieving, and they're a really good roster. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, because like if the season ended today, right, they're in that lottery. Yeah, they're in the yes. lottery. They get that first um, pick, out. Yep. But they they turn it together. They play it together in the second half, like you said. Do they make a run? Do they get goaltending right? They can maybe stump Guelph well for exactly. one for a couple games.
0: Exactly, and Chris Osgood, if you're listening to this, you know, you know your teams don't get good luck in the draft lottery. So just had to mention that because the Red Wings don't have a chance. They win caps, not lotteries. Or Hall of Fame ballots. But Yeah, very true. Chris Allen to the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's OHL in 60, supported. Yeah. Nice. Colin, who are you looking at, surprise teams? For me, it's the Kitchener Rangers because I think the Kitchener Rangers going into the season, I thought we're going to be an established team early. They had all that talk about Mike McKenzie in their second half pre-COVID how good they were right and how a system was the best system it's this it's that but they're in seventh place they're in seventh place yeah. they're underachieving I think obviously goaltending has a little bit to do with that but that's not acceptable and Kitchener has always has always been the franchise with a high standard high expectations it doesn't matter what their roster is they always want to win and it's similar to a lot of nights you always look at a lot of nights right well a lot of nights they never they never sell they sell the one year and they finish fifth place. Yeah, They get swept in the first round, but they finish fifth place. That's a great season for some teams finishing fifth place. But Kitchener's similar to that were high standards year in, year out. And this year's seventh place, you saw their you saw their social media is going berserk with their fans.
2: Yeah.
0: And they're a team who I thought would be established early. They got Francesco Pinelli, their captain back early. They got Arbor Jacki back early, their top defenseman. Yes, they didn't get Donovan Zabrango back, and they never will because Zabrango is tearing it up in the AHL. So, why would he go back? But I just say I'm very surprised that they're in seventh place. And I agree with Joel for my surprise, good would be the Guelph Storm. I don't, I mean, I had them fourth place in the division. I got to own up to that. Midwest I had them fourth place in the preseason media pool. They're the most surprised team. I got to agree with Joel there.
1: Uh, for me, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll start with surprise good, and people may look at it as, "Well, they're in fifth place. How is that a good thing?" Um, I don't think a whole lot of people saw the Flint Firebirds having twenty seven points yes. at the mid season break, mid season, it's whatever, Christmas break, um, you know, especially uh, they had high expectations for that nineteen twenty season. They're like, oh, like. Like Colin and I were ready to go to a Western Conference final in Saginaw or Flint because we were ready for that battle of the major packed.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, you know, the season fell off. Delandria goes and Popovich is gone. And you like, oh crap. There it goes. Flint had their chance and then COVID ruined it. And then then all of a sudden, oh, they're in fifth place. They're five points behind Windsor. They've got a couple games in hand, um, as well as the Sioux. You're thinking they're in a really good spot right now. I mean, a lot of talks about Othman leaving and, you know, getting traded. Well, do they do that now? Because they have an opportunity to win a playoff series this year for the fans in Flint, right? So, um, yeah, exactly. So, you can look at fifth as, oh, is that really a surprise? That's not really that high. Well, for the Flint Firebirds this year, I think everybody thinks that's really high for them. So, uh, they're my surprise good team. My surprise bad team or – underachieving team that's a better term for it um the barry colts and they're the fifth seed in the east and they were my pick to win the eastern or the central division um they are my team to win the eastern conference and go to the ohl finals and they're in fifth place and again that's not bad that's not bad at all i just you're looking at it and you're thinking oh, geez this team really we thought they were going to be top three and then you know, they're third in their division right now. And, you know, again, it's not a bad thing. You just look at Marty Williamson and, you know, their record's not bad. They're 14, seven and two, not bad at all. But, you know, I just, you had them higher. You had that high expectation for them and, you know, the goaltending's there now. So now I think it's going to be there. They're going to be higher in the standings, but it was just that start at the year. It's just, they didn't get off to how they, off to that start they wanted to and you can see a little bit of frustration from marty williamson and you know now he's got his goaltender so now they work and um but yeah as of right now the barry colts definitely saw them higher than fifth place
2: so
0: well my takeaway with barry is the 23 games played they have games in hand on hamilton yeah. mississauga north bay and Kingston. all every team in front of them have a game in hand on at least yeah, six games,
1: games ahead, but... in hand
0: on yeah yeah so Marty Williamson sees that. He knows. The one thing that scares me about Barry is they're only plus four goal differential. That's going to clean up with now with Matt Guzda. But the second half, I don't yeah. think that they never really got established, you know, out of the gate. They, and yeah. Now all of a sudden they start to slowly get established. And I think that's what helped. And I think they had a lot of things with Tyson Forrester as well, possibly coming back. Yeah. Who knows now, Joel, you'd know that better than I would, but that was a yeah, long-term, long-term injury. injury. Yeah, that was another possibility, right, for the Barry Colts. Where that could happen for the playoffs, you never know. But it's a situation there where they never, they never really got established out of the gate. They're a good team, and I look for Marty Williams and now to really coming out of the winter break to get established for the second half because they're rated. They're in a good spot. They're not out of it by any means, and they're in a really good spot. So if they can, if they can take the bull by the horns here in the second half. Like you want to run, they could be the best team in the Eastern Conference for sure.
1: Yeah, and they've got a nice streak to build off of six-game winning streak heading into the break. So um, again, that wasn't a knock at the Colts at all; just you know preseason expectations. Um, I guess we'll got a couple more things to get to before we hit the break and hit all things World Juniors. Um, you know who who's our team to watch in the second half? Who this is the last kind of category we're looking at um, after after the Christmas holiday who who's going to make a run who are we excited for uh Joel we'll start with
2: you I'm really interested to see what Mississauga does um if they can keep up this streak um will they buy the deadline because they're they're a young team um they're they're gonna have quite a few returning players I'm interested to see if they can kind of keep this streak going I know the the longer it goes it's hard to believe that it's not going to continue but uh I kind of want to see how they finish up going into the trade deadline and uh, if uh, James Richmond will make that big move.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, they got North Bay to compete with, exactly tied with them in points. Those three games in hand, again, we mentioned it. Um, Will they overtake North Bay and will they stay on that pace? Like you mentioned, good point, Joel.
2: Well, and to your point with the goaltending, it's kind of hard not to – to ride that right to yeah. add and say, Hey, we got Ranger. We got Bazarin. Let's let's go. Let's make a run.
1: Yeah. They can go toe to toe, toe to toe with North Bay. If you talk about Bazarin against Verbetic, right? Um, yeah. So I think that's the one advantage Mississauga has is they kind of have two number ones there with Joe Ranger, um, and Roman Bazarin, whereas, uh, North Bay, they've got the vet and the rookie. So, um, no, we'll see. Again, Like interesting point, Mississauga. Absolutely. A lot of people will be watching them. Hopefully the crowds will get up there too. That would be nice if they're in the top three out of the trade deadline, right? Uh, Colin, who you got?
0: Yeah, for me, it's the Sioux Greyhounds. Them and Windsor are going to be battling out know, in that West Division, right? For me, it's the Sioux. You look at their roster. They're one of the oldest rosters in the Ontario Hockey League. Do the Sioux St. Mary Greyhounds go all in for a possible Mason McTavish? which they've done before. You saw the with the Erie, too. Erie and sue Saint Marie, you might see a Hoffman. You might see a Lockhart. Because in my opinion, I think they'll be on the move. But Sue has an old roster. I think they're the team that will go all in at the deadline. I think they're the biggest lock to buy at the deadline right now in the league, them in Guelph. So, for me, it's the Sue Greyhounds. They got the goalie. Let's see what they do. Because I believe they go all in with that old roster.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, you mentioned my team. Uh, I'm going with the Windsor Spitfires uh, as my team to kind of watch. And like Thank you amazing. said, yeah, it's going to be them and Sioux someone's got to win it. Um, you know what? What Will Cooley's going to come back from Team Canada with an unbelievable experience. Uh, you know, we talk about Wyatt Johnston. You know, Alex Christopoulos is there in Windsor now. Um, Pasquale Zito, show guest, Detroit Red <laughs> Wings draft pick. Not a big um, deal. That's he's the got worlds. the talent. Like it's the, this team is good. I mean, Medina's starting to get it together uh, in net. So, you know, again, I, I picked Windsor to win their division and they're right there. And it's, you know, we put Michael Renwick on the back end, uh, Luca Hano. They, they could be a top three. Oh, I mean, if they win their division, they'd be a top two team. Right. So um, yeah, Windsor and Sault Ste. Maria, that's going to be a, it's going to be a really fun race down the stretch, and it's going to be exciting. Um, sure. All right. Got a couple more points to get to here before, uh, before we hit the break and talk all things World Juniors. Uh, Ty Tulio, named OHL Player of the Week. He had four goals and three assists, uh, seven points in two games uh, for the Oshawa Generals. 4-2 victory over the Ottawa 67s, as well as an 8-4 win over the Peterborough Peets couple other guys that were in consideration for this award, Uh, Peterborough Pete's forward, Tucker Robertson. He had seven points as well, four goals, three assists. Uh, Pete's unfortunately one and two record that may have led to Tulio getting that edge with the, uh, with the great weekend that the generals had. Uh, And then of course, Wyatt Johnston, uh, Dallas stars prospect of the Windsor Spitfires. He had six points, two goals, four assists, a couple of victories for the Spitfires. Uh, as they are tied with the Sioux Greyhounds. Goaltender of the week, uh, Owen Bennett, Guelph Storm. One of the reasons why they are leading the Western Conference right now. Uh, 25 saves and a win on Saturday. A couple other guys uh, in the mix for it. Roman Bazrin of the Mississauga Steelheads. He had a 26-save win over the North Bay Battalion. It was a 2-1 final. And then, of course, Zachary Papasakis, a 32-save performance and a 4-2 win on the road in Ottawa. So, um, you know, the awards are still coming along. Owen Bennett uh, playing really well for the Guelph Storm. Those number one rumors are probably gone now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's all things OHL as we head into the holiday break. And it's time for us to take a break. Our last break as the Owen 60 podcast. Good things coming in 2022 for us. Uh, When we come back, world juniors team Canada. Will they win? That'd be nice if they did and not lose to the States. again. We will discuss everything world juniors, everything team Canada. When we return here on the Owen 60 podcast.
2: This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and
0: Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL.
1: Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domaney, along with Colin Ward, Joe Vanderland, joining us as well. Final segment as the Owen 60 podcast with the old logo, with the old graphics. The end of an era.
0: Yep. Adam and era. salute the fans. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, to the listeners. That's for sure. Thanks for the time.
1: 2022 is going to be fun, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What well, country well, country accent there, eh? Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for it, Joel. You can see the reaction from Reese waiting to say, what are you doing? <laughs> Just classic. That's a classic tee-up right there, Reese. I love it.
1: That's a no dog. Oh man,
0: As Jim hey, let's say, no guy.
1: I mean, you can kind of consider that a segue into my question for you two. Um, what are the odds that the rec laws is
0: the theme song again hey. <laughs> for the third straight year? Hey, I would, I would bet, Ooh. I would, I would place I know, that. I, I know, I know, Jordan Moose, a friend of the
1: show. She, uh, she is against that. One
0: hundred percent.
2: It's got. It's got to be. It's got to oh. be high, right? Like, I, don't know, I like, hope not. Like, that a contingency plan in place.
1: You got to have that one song for one year, and then okay, you're done. Boom, move on.
2: Like, it's tough. I and mean, the commercial's kind of the same every year.
0: Yeah, but that's different. The roots. Don't you forget your roots. It's like, yeah. A, you know, you don't know what
1: song we we're talking about?
0: No, no. I was just uh, seeing if I had it in my audio. Uh, oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't oh,
2: know. It's, it's the yeah. same song. He's a <laughs> Star
0: of oh, my God. 83! So Found it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Found it. AI hit breaking balls.
1: We got to get something that's like.
0: We got to get like, the, That's
1: like a we, jammer.
0: We got to get the one from like Buffalo. We got to get the one from Buffalo, the hey baby.
1: No, that's the goal song. So? Well, that's yeah, the goals. they do need that goal. I'm about the intro on TSN. Yeah. I I mean, they they
0: get the, the classic up.
1: Song, but that, yeah,
0: They need a new <laughs> hey, song. I got one. What do you I, got? Since Detroit is playing a lot this year, and I don't get sick of hearing it, Reese, you probably know what I'm going to say. No, no. my journey, Don't stop believing. Go to. Go to every time. Gets me all fired up. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, all right. To the World Juniors we go. Pre-tournament. We're supposed to start on the 19th. That would have been nice, but it's not going to anymore. Uh, 24th. Christmas Eve, it's going to start. And, well, it won't be very long. Games underway, December 26th. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the schedule and everything. Uh, first, shout out to uh, to Saginaw Spirit alum, Cole Perfetti. He is wearing an A for Team Canada this season. So a nice shout out to him, uh, OHL alumni, getting yeah. a
0: nod, uh, being a
1: captain this year.
0: Yeah, congrats to that. Jake Neighbors and uh, Cooley as well. Captain, that's cool. All right. Is there a video this year? Sorry, is there a video this year of how they named it? I haven't saw one yet on social media. Uh, I haven't seen one. It was really good with Doc. Then unfortunately the situation happened, but with Connie McDavid on the video board.
1: Oh, that. I was like, what do you think about? I was so
0: I lost they, for a second. No, no. Yeah, I was just wondering if they did anything this year. Like, I wonder how they named it. It has to be a special way the way they named it for sure. Because it's, being the Catholic the World day. Juniors. Yeah, it's a big deal. Not a big deal. But sure. to, <laughs> now that I say that, probably like in a couple hours, we're gonna see a video come out, like right after the show's released. It's like, hey, good timing.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, well, no big deal. Uh, all right. Uh, let's 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 get to the schedule first, and then we'll kind of discuss uh, what, what are we thinking in terms of Canada's chances to win. Obviously, they're good, but um, we can't just be, oh, yeah, for sure. It's not even going to be close. We got to discuss this out. So, um, you know, big opening day, December 26th, uh, four games on the schedule, Finland taking on Germany, Russia, is facing sweden canada has the czech republic and then it's the americans up against the slovaks i mean go through team canada's schedule just essentially that's who we're cheering for um if you live in canada
0: and you cheer for anyone else <laughs> well don't you have a family member that cheers for the united yeah. states
1: <laughs> um yeah
0: <laughs> I love their reaction well, I'm going a Sabres week.
1: fan because of Ryan Miller Oh, he gets traded to Vancouver Or uh, he signs in Vancouver Oh, I'm going to get a Vancouver jersey of Ryan Miller Oh, that went well, didn't it? Um, yes,
0: it yeah, is. he's, uh, an he's got a. No, jersey?
1: he does not It wouldn't surprise me Actually, no, he'll never do that He'll never buy a Michigan State Ryan Miller jersey Because it's go blue or go home But um, No, there is he no Anaheim bomb to Anaheim
2: that's where you, like, that that crossed the line.
1: Yeah, it's tough to be a Ducks fan. What – do you guys know Ducks fans anyways? I don't know one duck. Hey,
0: fan. you know what? You know what? I'm going to throw Hollywood Bandit under the bus right now. So, <laughs> we – and shout out to Kitchy. I know you're listening to this. Another one of the boys plays on our EASHL team. Scored an OT goal winner a couple of years ago. Not a big deal. But he – Joel, I'm throwing you under the bus. So we're talking. We're talking yesterday about favorite teams, right? Because sometimes we'll have conversations about who our favorite teams are, top teams to watch. Okay, he's a big Ziegler's guy. So first team, Philly. He's a big Philly guy, obviously. So Philadelphia one, two, Ottawa, obviously, Bellaguis. Oh boy, not a big deal. Three, Anaheim Ducks. Like, so that's why I had to throw you under the bus. But yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, third team, I don't yeah. consider. No, it's no,
2: You're I like to the degrass, I like, like Drysdale. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, so, there's oh, a buddy on under the bus, Out of the schedule. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, Canada, they get the checks first, uh, then they have a day off. Nice, and then they get Austria, which we expect to see whoever yeah. the backup is playing. Dude. Um, then they head to the 29th. They get Germany. And on New Year's Eve, I, I really wish they kept this. Obviously, the divisions don't match up. Um, I really wish they had the Americans and Canadians on New Year's Eve. That's one of the best events of all time. Uh, but Canada will get Finland on the 31st of December.
0: That 9:30 game, though, Russia-US is going to be a, a pretty game. game. Yeah. That's a game. I mean, you look at that, Matty Beniers, like Jake Sanderson – I mean, Joel, you're close with him. That's going to be a game. And I know, Joel, you might be able to add this, not making light of the Canada game at all, because Finland has some guys, and you have a guy that you've been covering all season in Belleville. What do you think of Finland?
2: I like, I think they're going to be a medal contention again. Um, one bronze last year, 10 returning guys. And and like you said, I've been covering uh, Roby Gerventi in Belleville all season. A 19-year-old playing in the American Hockey League, putting up some good numbers, and, Really, uh, really, just a top-end goal scorer at his age group. Uh, rocket of a shot. Lines up in that Ovechkin uh, high high slot face-off dot area. Even in the AHL as a 19-year-old, he can, can really shoot the puck. So,
1: yeah, so I mean, it's not like it's a breeze for Canada. It really never yeah. is. But I mean, in terms of you look at the teams who they're playing. Whereas the other division, you got the U. You got the Americans and you got the Russians and the Swedes and canada has well finland germany and the czechs and austria is okay there's wins but um
0: finland's always there right exactly and it's gonna be tough you can never count the Finns out every year you think about it okay this is gonna be they fall okay they win the gold medal vancouver that you can never count finland out of anything at the world's because they're always good and it's gonna be very interesting. I know the one big talking point that's gonna be throughout the tournament, and I know you guys are gonna agree with this. It was the same as last year, the pool, right? So the pools are the same as last year. What are we gonna hear about going into the New Year's? Oh, it's Canada's biggest test. It's Canada's first test, Canada's first test. That can hurt Canada if they take the fins lightly, they will lose because they'll have to elevate their game and they can't and they can't go down to anyone's level. We I know last year we had that game against Jeremy. Jeremy had all the guys with COVID. Obviously, no most side, That hurts. But you've got to have those wins this year in the tournament because you can't snoop down to teams' level because it's so hard to crank it back up the next day. So you hope Canada can keep your foot on the gas the whole tournament. But that's going to be the big sign for me to see if they're legit or not, to see how they handle every team in their pool. Because it's a tough pool. It's not a very talented pool. It's not the best pool out of the two, that's for sure. But you got to be able to win. you got to be able to win those games. you got to be able to play the right way. And if they can do that, they'll be in good shape for sure going into Finland.
1: Yeah, I think I think the one thing that's most intriguing, and I mean, I wouldn't really say the Czechs are a write-off either. Exactly. Um, and and that's boxing what day game. The, yeah, that's a that is a nice boxing day game. In terms of our area, you think about the Hamilton Bulldogs, Jan Meshawk is in his third world juniors with the Czechs. Yeah. Um, there's gonna be a lot of Hamilton Bulldogs fans tuned into that. What obviously there's going to be team Canada supporters. Um, but, you know, it, if misha gets two goals, there's going to be some pretty excited people around the Brantford, Hamilton, uh, Burlington area. So,
0: And you uh, saw it with Kaliev of last year for the U.S. Yeah, It's going to be interesting there for sure with the Jacks. Also, Germany's the oldest team in the tournament. So there's another thing that's in Canada's pool. Germany's the oldest team. And obviously those types of teams don't have a lot of turnover, right? Like the Germans aren't going to have a lot of turnover. Those guys are going to play two, possibly three years every year because of the depth of the country and it's a totally different ball game, right? Than here, but it's a gonna be interesting for sure. And Yami yeah, Shaq's gonna have a very, very good tournament. I think he'll be he could possibly be in one of the all-star teams if things go as planned for him. Because like you said, reach his third year. How many third year guys in the world junior don't light it up? Yeah. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be really good. And I'm excited to see what he does.
1: Yeah, well and that's it what's intriguing about Askarov as well. I mean
0: yes he wasn't last really year. a factor like <laughs> last year was the first opening. world
1: juniors like last year was
0: what are you doing hey okay.
1: <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> this year <laughs> right it's it'll, it'll yeah. be interesting i mean you can look back ryan ellis how many games did he play in the world juniors it seems like he was there all five years um not all five years actually all four years that he was able to be there obviously he wasn't but um just felt that way so i mean it's been a few guys who have had that opportunity. I mean, Askarv and Meshach are going to get that opportunity
0: this year. So um, Conor Bernard will get that opportunity for a few oh years. Oh, God, yeah. Two years. Uh, yeah. Two years. That'll be fun. This year and next year. Then That's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we've seen the schedule for Canada. Uh, like I mentioned, they get the Czechs, then they get the Austrians, Germans, and then Finns. What are we expecting at a pool play here? Where is Canada? Are they one? Are they two? They better not be three. But um, it's I, I'm I mean it's always a possibility. I mean Joel, for you, um, how do you see Canada? Uh, how do you see the schedule playing out at least uh, through pool play?
2: I think they I think they win their pool. I think uh, I think they actually go undefeated. I think they do beat the Finns on uh, in that uh, final group uh, group stage game. I think it'll be a tight one. I think maybe a four two score or a four three or something like that a tight tight game uh spins always play that chippy kind of testy kind of hockey and uh but i think they will come out uh ahead in that one
1: colin
0: same same as joel i think they win the pool the biggest test for me is once they get into the semis i think they get through the quarters because they'll play the worst team the other side but to get into those medal games, when you play the big boys, when you play the Swedes, when you play the Russians, when you play the U.S., can you win those games? Because that, hey, you play one bad game, it's over. That's the beauty of the World Junior Tournament. You can be four and zero and losing the quarters, you don't a medal. It, it can happen so easily. And I think they go four and zero in the pools. I think they're, I think they're okay there. But when they get into the, I think it's similar to last year when you run into those teams late. Can they win that game in the goal battle game? They did not, but I have a reason why. And I'll say it when we get to the players to watch for Canada, because I have one player to watch, but it's a doozy. And it's not someone that anyone would think. I don't think yeah. buddies will.
1: Well, I mean, let, let's get into that now. I don't think I have to explain my reasoning behind Canada being four and oh, and winning their pool. I think both of you guys hit it on the head. Um, who, who are we looking at here on team Canada to rise to the occasion? Like who do, who do we like here the most?
0: Joel, you up for it? You can go first, Joel.
1: I don't think Joel can hear us right now.
2: Sorry, yeah, sorry, my uh, AirPods got just. Uh, oh, they died. Hey. See, see, yeah, I, I gotta got go with died. the cord. I got hey, that's the cord. why. Hey,
0: that's why I made the switch. Hey, that's, it's all good. Hey, it's, it's all good. All good. When you become a veteran, you'll you'll make the switch. All good. All good.
2: All right. Uh, so you were saying, player to watch on Team Canada. Yeah. yeah. Who do you like the most on this team? I I think Shane Wright's going to have his coming out party. I really do. Oh,
0: off the board from what you told me. Right on.
2: I it's went off guy. the board. But the more I think about it, um, <laughs> I, I think he's really going to – he's got a lot, a lot, of, a lot to prove. A uh, big chip on his shoulder, and I think he wants to lead this team uh, to gold medal because that's kind of the – the uh, feather in his cap, if he can do that, kind of cement the number one ranking. And uh, I think he's, he's poised to do that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And McDavid did it. Everyone's done it.
2: Colin, who are you looking
0: at? Well, so for me, I've been a huge fan of him since day, since day one of his draft year, I legit had him top 10 in his draft. I was so high on him. Ridley Gregg. I think Ridley Gregg, is that guy they need in that gold medal game. And it sucks that he had to go through the COVID issues last year because if he was in that gold medal game last year, he's the type of player where you're down one nothing. It's going against you against the U.S., right? You're getting outplayed. It's early in the game. You're getting outshot 8 nothing. They're all over you. You got Zegers down there looking like the Harlem Globetrotters. If you have a guy like Ridley Gregg, he's the guy that's going to run you through the boards. If he take, If he makes a big hit, I mean, Hockey Canada – Every single fan that's a Canadian fan that's watched the world juniors, they always love when they have that big guy that can run around and hit guys, be and be creative, be skilled offensively and physically. And that's Ridley Greg. Ridley Greg's one of my favorite players. I mean, I'm so high on him. He he just does it all. And this year with fans, hopefully in the venues. Like I said, last year, you're down one nothing. You're getting no shoddy, nothing to the U.S. Ridley Greg jumps over the boards. He takes a run at Matty Beneers. takes a nice, clean body check at Matty Beneers. He's, going, in my opinion, going to be one of the best U.S. players on their this year in their, on their team, him and obviously Jake Sanderson. But fellow Ottawa prospect, that'd be interesting to take a run at him, by the way. But he takes a run at Matty Beneers, makes a nice body check. Could you imagine 15,000 fans at least? how much that would change momentum Canada never had that last year in the gold medal game. There's no fans. You can make a hit. There's nobody there to cheer, right? It's just a quiet building this year. You make that big hit. You're going to have at least 15,000 fans there behind you because you know how it is. It's in Canada. It's going to be all Canadians and it's going to be right right on a seat. I get goosebumps and chills just thinking about it right now. Of just seeing Ridley Greg hop over the boards and make a nice body check in the gold medal game. I mean, my, your whole life, my whole life, everyone's whole life. Reese, I know how you are, Joel. I know how you are, how you guys like your players. And every time Canada has that guy that can make the big hit, you always get a little amped up. So I'm excited to see Ridley Gregg go out there and throw the body around. Now obviously everyone was thinking probably Sabrango Brochu, or Kosa, uh, yeah. Red Wings in the show guest, but I had to switch it up. Ridley well, Greg's one of my favorites.
1: Well, I was thinking Cosa for my guy. Um just the fact the that he's party. six foot seven. Um, and then I'm looking down the list, I'm like, you know what? His school said no last year, yes. but he's in the tournament this year. Hey, six five, two fourteen defenseman, Owen Power. So uh, and you talk about guys who are gonna rock the body. I mean, the next closest defenseman, uh Caden Gooley, he's six three, two oh three, but um <laughs> that's cool. yeah, what is that, hockey
0: news? Hockey news, I have a quote. So the headline on player to watch for Canada, Owen Power, all in bold, worth the wait. Exactly what you just said, your first overall pick coming back. How many first overall picks come back to the World Juniors? When was the last time that's happened? Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. No, Owen. I mean,
1: that. Uh, no, that's a good point. I mean, to bring that up, the fact that, you know, there's already headlines about the tournament that he's going to have, and I think this is a guy Canada had to have and you know it's he's he's gonna shut teams down he's he's on such a good team at the university of michigan uh his development has been unbelievable yeah yeah oh it's last Saturday night yeah Uh uh-huh okay um but i mean (laughs) he's gonna rock the boat he's not gonna just He's going to get in lanes. He's going to block shots with his body. He's going to block shots with his stick. And I assume at six five, he's going to have one of the longest sticks in the tournament. Um, and it's just the fact that he can get in shooting lanes and passing lanes as effectively as he can. Um, I hope Buffalo doesn't screw it up again. But uh, they've got something like awesome in Owen Definitely. Power. And I mean, if you can find something moving forward in the future with Rasmus Dalin and him, like that's just holy crap. But yeah. Um, he's my guy to watch for sure. I don't even think it's close in terms of uh, obviously they have really good defensemen, but um, when you talk about just pure talent alone, no one power, first overall pick, like, oh my God.
0: So, <laughs> one, and sorry, Reese, one last question I want to ask for you guys, goaltending situation. We heard about Grant; He's definitely going to be in there. Obviously, Brochu, best goalie in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, deserves every shot. Competitive, most competitive guy, probably there. I mean, Reese, you chat chatting before with Mike Stubbs. I mean, grew up with a bunch of brothers. I mean, he's just a battler. He's just a battler. Brett Rochu, then Sebastian Cosa, the Red Wing prospect, first round pick, first round pick at the World Juniors. You expect to start, but there's no guarantee. Dylan Grand, I quickly want to mention this. Last year, being the backup, he went over to Devin Levi and told him that next year I am winning a gold medal for you. Chip on your shoulder. I love guys who have a chip on their shoulder. This is probably the most competitive goaltending battle we have ever saw. We have ever saw because everyone mentioned. Okay, Costa number one. He's a first round pick. Grossu number two. Grand three. Grand's a returning player. Chip on his shoulder. Okay, T1, Who's won? There's going to be a battle, and I am very excited to see this. I think it's the most competitive goaltending depth Canada's ever had at the World Juniors.
1: Yeah, it's. It's going to be a good group, I mean, yeah, uh, the yeah, you don't know who's going to be the number one. I mean, you, six, seven goaltenders, your number one, you'd love to take that, but I mean, uh, the way Brochu has played, he's only five eleven. Like you can't take anything away from him. Uh, Grand, like he's six one. By the way, we share a birthday. Yeah, I think. Or is that June seventh? That's June seventh. Never mind. June seventh. I'm July sixth. Damn, oh, all yeah. again. I was low key hyped for that, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know who you pick. Two of these guys are drafted. Brochu isn't. You could think, oh, well, that's he's not a big... drafty. Like, I mean, that, is that a big deal? Joel, like, I don't know if it is.
0: Joel, before you comment on this, what an opportunity for Brett Brochu. He did it in London. Remember in London when yeah. he came in? When he came into London, he was probably that third or fourth guy. The London Knights claimed Donna Frio to go to camp. Jordan Coy, he came into camp and beat everybody in London Knights camp the year coming up from junior C. He came in and beat everybody. This is a very good opportunity for Brett Rochu to play against the best peers in the world for him.
2: Well, yeah, and I mean we talk about the size. Devin Levi is not the biggest goal in the world either. Yeah, and he ran with it last year. And I think that's the thing is you can never count out a guy like Brett Rochu like you were saying, and he thrives on this. He thrives on being the guy that that's kind of the underdog, the guy that's uh, uh, not counted on maybe at the beginning of the tournament as the guy that's, that's going to be your penciled in as your number one starter. But um, I wouldn't count out any of these three guys running with it and, and kind of taking it.
1: Yeah. it's Damn. I'm excited. Let's get her going. Um, Before, before we end off the show uh, predictions, Canada wins
0: what? Ooh. Okay, so let me think. Yeah, of four,
1: obviously, you have four options gold, silver, bronze, or nothing.
0: Yeah, so I think they get through the quarters, and then they run into. I gotta think, of, I just deleted the schedule. Oh, good move, Colin. Blonde. Oh. Okay, so you, I have US in the, I have US playing Sweden, Canada, Russia. Same as last year. It's the exact same as last year in the semis. Does Canada beat Russia? That's what it's going to come down to. And then I have US-Sweden. I have US over Sweden. I have US back in the gold medal game. Which is tough for me. But whew. I'm going to go Russia over Canada. I'm going to have Russia, US in the gold medal game, Canada, Sweden, in the bronze. Bronze for Sweden fourth for Canada Canada wins nothing I Ooh. think it's going to be tough I think it's going to be tough but every time I've said that Canada's won the gold medal so I think that's a good thing I think that's a good thing for the, uh, listeners. so the reverse George
1: Gistanza opposite theory
0: yeah the reverse jinx because I, gotcha. I like remember I said that a few years ago in in Prague and next thing you know they win the gold medal kill Thomas in your face but I, I have him fourth And that could be a good thing for the listeners. That could be a good thing for the listeners. Every time I've done that, they have won.
1: All right, Joel, your turn.
2: I have them get into the gold medal game. I don't know. That's tough. I'm going to go silver. Who do they play? I think they play the Americans.
0: Same as last year.
2: Yeah. I think the Americans are poised again.
0: Yeah, I just think really that gauntlet
2: actually helps. Yeah, they are. Iron sharpens iron, right? And exactly. I think, um, yeah, I just think whoever gets out of that U.S., Russia, Sweden um, kind of grouping there is, is going to run with it. Yeah. So I have Canada winning uh, silver.
1: Well, boys, I guess we can only go up from silver. Um, Canada wins gold. Uh, And one of the reasons for that is the pre the pool play helps. Um, I don't think it's going to be as much of a battle for Canada as it will be for any of the other teams. I think that's obvious. Um, You know, when you talk about the U S Russia and Sweden, um, but you know, there's always that factor of those three teams I just mentioned uh, Americans, Russians, and Swedes, uh, they're going to beat each other up. I think, I think the competitive edge is there for all three of those teams um, you know, they want to win as much as Canada and Finland do. It's just Canada and Finland don't have to play USA, Russia, or Sweden. And the I, I think there's going to be a lot of scrums. I think it's going to be not dirty, but I think it's going to be pretty rough um, in group B. It's really unfortunate they don't get to play at Rogers place. I think that would be pretty sweet, um, but still a nice facility uh, in Red Deer. But
2: um,
1: I, I I just think whoever comes out of that, group uh, group B they'll they'll be dead like I I think that'll just be that'll just be a battle to get out of that division and first and that's like I love that type of hockey but um, you know that that easy pool play I think works is in Canada's favor as much as it works against them so I think Canada wins gold this year um, beating the Americans because well, they have the, that would they be have
0: awesome. the, well they have the chip on their shoulder this year that's for sure yeah that getting fans sure. at
1: home now too so
0: yep Momentum. and get yeah. the momentum in games. Exactly.
1: Well, gentlemen. Fun one. That puts a wrap on the Owen 60 podcast.
0: And now it's on to me botching the new one. That's for sure. 1,000%. Uh, you do it.
1: Yep. Um, yep. Again, for anyone out there, the final logo tease, you've seen the first two. Uh, you'll see the final one Wednesday. And, of course, full... Unveiling of the new logo uh, will be Christmas Eve, and then we launch as the OHL and sixty podcast on the Bulldogs Audio Network January first. Of course, our first show is not going to be on January first, but um, it'll be shortly after on the fourth. Yeah, the fourth, the Tuesday. Yeah, still stays on the Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So a oh, fun one. Like I said, rebranding, and it's going to be, uh, yeah. It's going to be a good year.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Joel,
1: thanks so much for hopping on, man. It was fun, as always. Uh, we'll yeah, thanks through. for having me again. Always a good time. Absolutely it is. So for the final time on the Owen 60 podcast, I'm Reese Domaini, along with Colin Ward, and for Joel Vanderland, thank you so much for tuning in. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Reminder, we don't have a show next week. We are back the 4th. As the ohl in 60 podcast so doing some math we will chat in 14 days <laughs>